Welcome to today's Tony G Show. We have a very special episode today. It's kind of like a a uh, special edition. I thought you were going to say special guest and I got really excited. Mm, no, there is no special guest today, Will. Sorry about Why that. Why is it a special edition? Because today is Major League Baseball's opening day. We actually have the game on, and by the game, I mean the Milwaukee Brewers opening day in Chicago. Here in Tony G Studios today, not to mention in the background, is the Masters. So today is a huge day. It is the opening day of the Masters. We talked about that Tuesday so that we could allot the entire show today talking Brewers baseball, maybe not all Brewers baseball, but just Major League Baseball in general. I'm going to make a lot of predictions today about how the Brewers will finish, about who the award winners in Major League Baseball will be this season, and just about everything else. There's also a particular player that we will talk about the final season for the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols. But before we get to today's show, that's all today's show, baseball. It's the season preview for Major League Baseball in the 2022 campaign. Before we do that, a few updates to give. My partner, Will McCormick, have I introduced you yet today, Will? Uh, I don't think so. I think I kind of just started talking. Okay. They should know who I am by now. You would think. I hope so. Okay. That's Will McCormick, my partner. At Will is 5312 on Twitter. I'm at Tony G Nation on Twitter. Here's the deal, Will. Mm Mm-hmm. You told me, and this has been a running joke in our pre-show before we started recording today, yeah. that you were recording today's episode on an empty stomach. Yep. How are you, how are you feeling? Well, I'm going to continue to update that mm-hmm. as the show goes on, how you're feeling. And I'm, I'm just really excited to think about what I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last thing you ate? Uh, I had Kodiak cakes this morning with peanut butter on them. I don't even know what that means. They're like, they're, they're pancakes. Okay. Kodiak cakes is a brand. Of pancakes. Okay. Made in Utah, Park City. Wow. So. Where you spent the summer. Yep. But cool. they're uh, they're like an air quotes healthy because I don't know how like actually healthy they are, but they're better than like any other kind of brand of pancake mix. So. Big on the health now, are you? There we go. No free advertisements, but that kind of <laughs> was one. So. So what's the next thing you're going to eat after we c- conclude recording today? That's a good question. I don't know. Figure okay. it out as I go. Okay. So had a had a Tony G Studios cupcake prior to the show, so and, that that me over. An Easter egg peanut butter Reese's cup. Yes. So I'm I fueled. Keep, I keep the the one thing about Tony G Studios is I keep the sweets on deck. You do. I mean, there is always something with sugar. It's a little dangerous. It is dangerous. Mm-hmm. But you know, live on the edge like I do. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Gotta have fun. <laughs> Speaking of having fun. Yeah. How about this for a transition? Just yesterday, I collabed with. Another sports talk podcast. The first ever collaboration between the Tony G Show and another podcast. It was the Root for Wisconsin podcast. Uh, I just went up the road. They actually record their studios are just 10 minutes that way. Oh, nice. So it was a nice, easy transition to get to be part of their podcast. Had a good time. Had a lot of laughs. One of their members, it's like their running joke where they just make fun of how old he is. And so mm-hmm. I, fe- I fed into that. Kind of like how you make fun of how you should fire me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's pretty very, much the same similar. thing. Yep. Except with how old. One of their members is. That episode is out now on the Root for Wisconsin show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So that is somewhere that you can listen uh, to me and my collaboration with another podcast. Uh, as for me, Tony G, this weekend, got a baseball doubleheader that I'm starting to prepare for. Nice. Going to be announcing for that. I just did a doubleheader last weekend for baseball. Softball, too, to be honest with you. I, I did softball Saturday, baseball Sunday. And then softball again Tuesday. So you're pretty open right now, schedule-wise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Things are, are running a little tight. Track and field has contacted me about some public address Ooh. announcing needs that they could have in the future. So, hey, man, 
The door is wide open for Tony G. Moving. If you need me for anything professional, TonyGNation.com or, as I mentioned, TonyGNation on Twitter. What do you say? That's a good enough intro, eh? Yeah, Talking all it. baseball today. Mm-hmm. We might as well not spend any more time shooting the breeze. Let's get right into it. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This is Season 8, Episode number 17 of The Tony G Show. You are listening to the 8th and final season of The Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. That's right. It is the 17th episode of Season 8. How about that? Time's flying. I mean, we are winding down... Not just the season, season eight, but the Tony G Show overall. Mm-hmm. Our final season is season eight. Everything is starting to wind. As you heard in the intro from our buddy Troy Frisk, who does our, our voice work, said uh, eight seasons of laughs, memories, fun, mm-hmm. coming to a close. Right Enjoy out the window. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> <laughs> right out the window. Gone. Done. Eight seasons of Will being fired. Gone. Still showing up every day anyways. Still showing up. He hasn't received paychecks because he's been fired so many times. Since episode two. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, regardless, the Major League Baseball season gets underway today. Mm-hmm. And it is a huge season for Major League Baseball because I think they have a lot to prove to the sports world. What I mean by that is coming off of an off season with a lockout, coming off of a few seasons ago where... A lot of players were unhappy with the pay that they would be receiving. And, the, you know, there was, it was almost like a mini lockout in the COVID short in 2020 season because they couldn't get play underway. They had to continue to push back opening day, push it back, push it back, push it back, and finally didn't get started until like late July. I think it was like the 27th until they finally got going. So what this means, and not to mention that there has been a whole slew of changes from Rod Manfred and the front office of Major League Baseball, where they're trying to adjust the game to what the needs of the players and fans are in terms of making a better product. Well, those changes don't really fit in with the diehard baseball fans like mm-hmm. myself. They're trying to cater to normal fans and fans who are kind of like on the on the edge. <laughs> uh, someone who may or may not be in this studio that is not Tony G. Probably a air quotes fan like me is is part of that population that so there's a lot of tension between fans and major league baseball and on the on the eve on the cusp of starting this season major league baseball has already made some moves or transactions that do not appeal to baseball fans let me explain Mm -hmm. major league baseball has signed numerous deals with TV providers or streaming networks for how their games will be on TV and available to fans across the world. This is why I want to start off, because if you remember last year, I did the opening say episode. That was the episode where Will was out, Mm -hmm. and it was on opening day, just like this episode is. And I talked at length about how I think this is the season Rob Manfred has to prove himself. And I don't think he really did that last season. I don't think this was the offseason for sure that proved himself. So coming into this season... What's the message? What's the theme? Well, I think it's trying to prove to the fans of Major League Baseball that Major League Baseball, the organization, is not just giving into capitalistic needs and urges to make as much money as possible, which 
at the onset of this season, they are doing. Mm-hmm. So again, let me explain. Let me get back to what I was explaining. They have signed deals with streaming services or TV providers in the past and even this year that isolate the availability for games. In past years, they have given exclusive rights to certain Major League Baseball games to YouTube TV. Now they've added Apple TV, Apple Plus, and now they're adding the Peacock Network of NBC. So these are three different streaming services, not to mention they have Major League, they have the MLB Network, which you have to subscribe to. You have to pay extra on top of your cable or whatever to get MLB Network. And they do that for playoff games, too. I remember the one year, 2018, Brewers, Colorado. I had to watch it here at school because this the cable network that we have that the school gives to students mm-hmm. includes MLB Network. Well, I couldn't watch it at home because I don't have MLB Network, but I am from a Wisconsin market, watch the Brewers predominantly, and I couldn't watch the playoff game because it's on MLB Network. So this is exactly what Major League Baseball has done in the past, and they are continuing to do. You can't watch a game on YouTube TV unless you have YouTube like on the app on your phone right. or on the app on your smart TV. If you don't have it that way, you're not watching that certain baseball game on YouTube TV. Which I think, I don't mean to drag in football into this discussion, but didn't the NFL just sign a deal where uh, Thursday night games are only on Amazon Prime? That is exactly correct. It's so... Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet will yeah. be the announcers for those games. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, just that we're experiencing this shift in how the game is presented, and it seems that, like, you know... I don't mean to like bring Netflix into this discussion too, but like just this onslaught of like streaming services to me, it's like kind of pulling away from the sport. Cause now yeah. you, now you can't watch like the summer when the bucks were, um, you know, making their playoff run. A lot of the times I was, you know, over in the West and a you lot of the times yeah. I was in Utah and a lot of the times it was, you know, I can only watch, um, the Suns or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, the Western teams that were competing at that time. I'm not going to think off the top of my head. Um, Obviously, the Suns. <laughs> but, yeah, that was one of them. Right. But a lot of the times, the games weren't available until they started making it further and further. So just... You see what I'm doing? You see what I'm saying? That exactly, that's the exact point, is that right. they are isolating how you can watch their product. Right. Which it's is weird. It's one thing if you want to sign a deal where... It's like Hulu has, has live sports, yeah. right? You can watch live sports on Hulu, but it's not exclusive to Hulu. No. So it's available to all Hulu subscribers. Mm-hmm. But it's not exclusive. These deals that are getting signed are big primetime games or big teams that are going to be playing that are getting exclusive rights to like NBC and Peacock. You have to have a, you have to sign up for the Peacock Network or the, the streaming service for NBC Universal to watch this new deal that is Sunday morning games. So there's going to be like one or two Sunday morning games that are exclusive to NBC. Not even Fans in the market can watch those games. Like, say it's Cardinals-Cubs. Chicago fans and Cardinal fans cannot watch that unless they have the Peacock streaming service, which is, to me, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing. You can still make money by giving your product to these networks. Just don't make it exclusive so that there's availability. Right. It, it's Because streaming services, to me... You know, from a bird's eye view, it's like, this is awesome because it's cheaper than TV. TV is really expensive. It is these days, cable. Yeah. Uh, yes. And it's kind of getting to the point now, it's like, do I need five different streaming services to watch a game exactly. that depending on what it's on? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch Thursday night football games anymore. Yep. I'm just not going to. I well, mean, I think we have, I, I really don't even know how it works, to be honest with you, but I'm not going to go through the painstaking process of, you know, figuring out the prime thing to get a, to get. Thursday night games. It's not going to happen. to be that way. No. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous the fact that some of the... It's like MLB Network with playoff games. Are you serious? Yeah. Not even teams in the market can get coverage for those games unless they have 
the MLB network. And you think, and what they think they're doing is they are raising the demand for these streaming services or for their own streaming services and MLB network. But Which, really, they're just isolating their fans. It's yeah. not it, It's not that effect. To a degree, it probably does raise demand a little bit, but that's not something that, you, you know, short term, that's going to have more of a negative effect than positive. Exactly. So how does this relate to baseball? And the argument that I've made year after year about Rob Manfred in the front office of Major League Baseball not catering to fans of Major League Baseball, just giving out deals to the highest bidder, making things harder to enjoy for the everyday baseball fan like myself, and instead catering to new rules. Well, it's the time of doom, if, if you will, for mm-hmm. Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. I said it last year, and I'm going to say it this year. And if it gets to the point next year where I'm saying, you know, Rob Manfred still has to prove himself, I'm just out on Rob Manfred. There's only so many seasons in a row that I can sit here and say, it's the season for Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball to prove themselves. And coming off the lockout, I just do not see that happening. I think there was a mishandling there. I get that we're still going to have 162 games, which is a positive. They worked out the deals. They accommodated the players. The players didn't give in, and they got what they wanted. But there's still a way to do that without having to push back opening day. So there were things that could be done different that just on the onset of this season make me think we're going to have another year where we're going to get to the end. We're going to have an, it, it's going to be a good season of baseball, but there's just going to be a couple things where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a mishandling of their product right. if you are Major League Baseball. It'd be interesting to see how the viewership, especially in this sport, which has been historically declining over has time. Been. Has been. And it, sadly so. But... You just wonder what the aggregate effect of this is going to be at the end of this year. It'd be fun to watch the numbers and see what really happens. Because from this perspective, it feels like there's going to be less people watching 100%. now. 100%. Even more than there was before. 100%. So we'll see where it is. Uh, enough about the front office and Rob Manfred. They can't take all the attention, right? So let's get to some of the on-field product. Let's make some predictions. I'm going to predict at game number one, day number one of the 2022 Major League Baseball season, I'm going to predict... And probably correctly, because you know how good I am at predictions here on the Tony G Show. I'm going to predict... Why are you laughing? I'm going to predict the division winners, and I'm going to pick the award winners as well. The way too early predictions. Way, way, way too early. Like we're talking 162 games too early. I'm even predicting... Yeah, more than 162, because I'm even predicting the World Series winner. Oh, there you go. So we're going all season long. like Mm -hmm. Fast forward to late October, early November. And that is how far out I'm predicting. Yeah, get your credit cards out. Get ready to make some bets. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I'm Tony G, all right? You can take these picks to the bank. I've said that throughout the entirety of my career on the Tony G Show. So you can take these picks to the bank. We'll start in the National League where I will say the division winners will be the Dodgers, Brewers, and Mets. And, you know, we only have such a long show, so mm-hmm. I can't explain in depth too much about this. But I think some of the best teams, I think the Dodgers – have paid enough money this offseason to probably be good again. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Mets have done the same thing, adding guys like Max Scherzer, you know, whatever. I think they're really adding to their team, and they're really starting to be good. The Brewers, I think a team that has made the postseason the last four years. I'll talk about them more uh, in the next segment, but that's my division winners, Dodgers, Brewers, Mets, and then my wild cards will go to the Braves, Giants, and Cardinals. Okay, I think the Braves are a good t- Coming off the World Series, I don't think they're going to win the NL East because – I think the Mets have just added so much, and they're starting to get to the point where guys like Pete Alonso is entering his prime. And I think 
you know, with some of the additions that they have and the manager switches that they've made over the last couple of years, I think the Mets are really primed to win the division. And with the Braves losing guys like Freddie Freeman, mm-hmm. and you know, I think Brian Snitker is still a good manager, but at the end of the day, the Braves have lost some talent to the point where I don't know that they will kind of get over that edge. Kind of get over that edge. That's a great, yeah, that's a great way to put it. So, with that being said. Let's go to the AL mm-hmm. because the next thing I had this in an order where I'm going to predict who goes to the World Series from the National League. But let's go to the AL and then we'll just meet in the World Series. The AL West, well, we'll just go like this Rangers, White Sox, Red Sox. Two pairs of socks in there. How do you like that? <laughs> Red Sox and White Sox. I think the Red Sox are always good, always competitive. I think the White Sox, this is really the under La Russa and some of the young talent really starting to find their way. This is going to be a dangerous team. I like the White Sox. A lot, but not as much as I like the Rangers. Yeah. The White Sox seem to always kind of be so close to being competitive, and they kind of just miss it. At least last year, they were a little bit underwhelming, at least in my opinion. So hopefully, you know, growing a little bit as a team might kind of put them at that position where they can win out. Yeah, 100%. I like the Rangers, though. The team I like the most is the Texas Rangers. They have added so much in the offseason with guys like Corey Seager, and they're really starting. They've had, they have the new stadium. It's a whole new type of energy down there in Texas. And to me, I've, you know, there's always, if you're a baseball fan like I am, you have your favorite NL team and your favorite AL team. And I have no problem admitting, you know, I don't like to show bias, but I have no problem admitting that my favorite NL team is the Brewers. Yeah. Probably right. the number one overall. Right. I'm a Wisconsin market, Brewer fan. But my number two team would be the Rangers. I say that because I like to be open and authentic and transparent that I've been a, a Ranger fan. They're my favorite team out of the AL for the last decade or so, ever since they went to the World Series loss to the Cardinals. Since guys like Josh Hamilton, even though he's kind of disgraced his own legacy, was on the team. You know, <laughs> Prince Fielder, that was really what did it for me. I have a couple Fielder jerseys. Adrian Beltre, loved him when he, mm-hmm. was, a, when he was a Ranger. So that is I, just for transparency's sake. Right, right. It's not because I I don't put them winning the AL West because I'm a fan of them or anything, but just because I think they're going to have the best year overall. The wild cards, I say, are going to be the Rays, Jays, and Astros. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rays fare. There's no Tyler Glasnow at the start of this year, so it's going to take a while for him to get ready, for him to really start to come into his own and, and feel the mound again. I don't know that he will pitch this year. There's speculation that he just probably won't, which would suck, but that's mm-hmm. the way it is. The Jays have a lot of young talent, guys like Vlad and Biggio. And they've added a lot uh, as well, not to mention Cy Young candidates up the wazoo on that right. starting rotation. So the Jays are pretty solid. And then the Astros are the Astros. I don't know that they win the West because of the Rangers, but they're still a team that I think could float around in a wild card picture. They're a team that's always good. So with that, you have my entire playoff picture. Mm-hmm. So moving to the World Series, I think the White Sox are going to be the team coming out of the AL. And out of the NL will be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Sorry to do it again, but I think Dodgers in the World Series, just with their payroll and the amount of talent that they have, it's like, do you really see that team not winning? Right. Like, That'd be like one of the biggest disappointments of all time. Really? Really? at the Because they're starting to set the standard, going to World Series, mm-hmm. actually winning it in 2020, and being in the playoff race seemingly every year because of the amount of talent that they have. Whether you like to think that's money or not, you know, we've talked about it in the past that they can still develop guys in their 
farm system, so it's not like they completely buy their way to championships, but it's essentially like that. I think Dodgers, White Sox, I think the White Sox will win it in seven games. You hear that prediction here on the Tony G Show first, White Sox winning the World Series in seven games. MVPs, I'm saying Corey Seager, who signed with the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Rangers, he's going to have a great year. Juan Soto in Washington is also going to have a great year, even though I don't have the Nats in the playoff picture. My Cy Young Award winners are going to go to Shane Bieber of the now Guardians, whatever, and Zach Wheeler of the Phillies. Zach Wheeler came close last year. He had massive strikeout numbers, a good ERA to boot, but Corbin Burns took it because he just had the better season. I think Zach Wheeler is really going to have a a comeback type of year, not in the sense that he was bad last year, was injured, but in the sense that he was very good, Cy Young candidate, and the fact that he didn't win it is only going to make him more hungry on a Phillies team that really wants to compete in a competitive NL East division. I say Zach Wheeler is going to strike out almost 300 guys this year and win the Cy Young. Rookie of the year. These are ones that I'm not so high. I hate making... Uh, picks for rookie of the year mm-hmm. because it's just such a crapshoot. You know, it's hard I mean? to say. Yeah, you can never really tell. But I am going to go with Spencer Torkelson of the Detroit Tigers. He is someone who is a first base corner infielder. Really, I think he's going to get the majority of the first base time over in uh, Detroit. Someone who I think has a lot of power. I don't really know because I don't. I've never seen these guys play before at right. a consistent major league baseball level. But uh, the the scouting report on Torkelson is that he's got a lot of pop, and you know I'm a big fan of power, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to to Spencer Torkelson. And then on the other side, Mackenzie Gore, who currently plays for the San Diego Pod Rays. So there we uh, have it. Gore being a pitcher. Those are my predictions. As I mentioned, you know I just I'm never wrong. <laughs> So, t- <laughs> especially in rookie of the year stuff, you know, it's the thing that gets me is when I start making these predictions. Will laughs at me because he knows that my history is just kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Started out hot, now it's kind of. I did. Yeah. Tony G picks of the week back towards season three, season five of the Tony G show. Hey, you know that, those are some prime good Tony days. G. Prime Tony G picks of the week. <laughs> now I'm kind of like the washed up version. That was MVP Tony. Now this is like back half of his career. I'm almost like Tony. Christian Yelich, where you win MVP, come back the next season, almost win MVP, finish second, and then just kind of like taper off. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I didn't break my kneecap like Christian Yelich did. No. He's, Better knock on wood. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, would not really. be fun. Yeah. Uh, what is this for Micah? Uh, either way, <laughs> Christian, <laughs> Yelich, Christian Yelich is uh, is pretty much me when it comes to picks of the week. Had my prime years, MVP mm-hmm. type seasons, and then just kind of fell off. So hopefully... You prove them wrong this year. Hopefully you get them all right. I doubt I will. <laughs> Previewing the Brewers in particular, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to say they're going to have a good year mm-hmm. because I know how they finished last year in the playoffs against the Braves, and I just don't want to get my hopes up. I think that's what it is. But a lot of people have been asking me what I think about the Brewers, and I think they're going to be good. I want to make a couple predictions that might be on the hot side of takes, but they're my honest opinion. So we'll break it down like this. I think they have a strong roster. You know, I remember last year I compared uh, them to a bad or maybe even a good double A team. I thought they weren't that good. I thought they weren't <laughs> going to be good. I thought they were going to finish under 500. I didn't think they were going to reach 80 wins. They were going to finish at like 70-something and whatever. I thought it wasn't going to be a good year. I was proven wrong. 96 wins and a division championship. So 
just keep that in mind. Again, me and my predictions. Just, mm-hmm. ah. Here's the one thing I want to mention, though. I think that Brandon Woodruff, of this starting rotation, you know, it's a strong starting rotation. Guys like uh, Corbin Burns, who won the Cy Young last year. Freddie Peralta, Aaron Ashby, possibly. Even Adrian Hauser, who is really one guy who, if he just starts to do good, it's going to be like a, a four-man mix of good pitchers. But with that being said, I don't know that Brandon Woodruff has a good year. I think Brandon Woodruff is a guy who's going to start to regress. I've caught a lot of flack with that being a hot take. Mm-hmm. He finished last year with a 2.56 earned run average, but he was 9-10. and 10. He was one of those guys who was the ace of the rotation and just couldn't buy run support, so he really struggled getting that. Struck out 211 in almost 180 innings. I say Brandon Woodruff is going to regress because he's shown to me that he's getting older. I think he's not as in command. He had he finished spring training with a 10.8 earned run average, which is uh, very high. Mm-hmm. But it is spring training, so you right, got to take right. it with a, with a grain of salt. I think he's going to regress to the point where he might be a 4.5 earned mm-hmm. run average type of guy. I do think that. I said that yesterday. On the route for Wisconsin show, and it was met with some agreement, but some some, some disagreement. What what you know leads you to that conclusion? I think that he's at the point in his career, the age, and some of the experience he's dealt with some injuries as well. He's 29 years old. You're going to start seeing his fastball velocity decrease. And the thing with Woodruff over the years is he's relied on that powerful fastball to make his name and to command at bats, but it's to the point now where I think he's going to start leaving some pitches, leaking some pitches out on the heart of the plate. He's not going to be able to command the strike zone with his fastball anymore. And I think there are a lot of reasons and a lot of things to me, just in my analysis, that show towards him starting to lose his edge a bit. I don't know that he, I don't know that it will happen, but I'm starting to think that it will happen. And I'm scared to because I don't want it to, but it's, yeah, I'm starting mm-hmm. to think it will. It's only natural. <laughs> At some point, somebody, you know... Well, so someone in their almost 30s now. Right. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, that is my prediction for uh, Brandon Woodruff. I wanted to get that out uh, right out of the gate. I think with the roster, and they just came out with the opening day roster today, of course, because it is opening day. Mm-hmm. A couple surprises here. Uh, keep in mind that Justin Topa and Luis Urias are both injured, so Luis Urias will find his way onto the roster somehow. And then probably Mike Brosseau who surprised me when I saw his name on this list, will get sent down. Um, but to me, it looks like a, a very valid opening day roster. Here's the thing with some of the moves they've made. Uh, within the last week or so, their catcher, who was going to be their backup catcher to Omar Narvaez. Narvaez is doing good. He's still on the roster, catching today for the Brewers. Pedro Severino... The catcher who was going to be the guy who was going to back up Omar Narvaez was going to get a fair amount of time off the bench. He was definitely a guy who the Brewers were going to use on their opening day roster. Gets suspended for 80 games. 80 games. It's a lot. Which is a lot, but you know I almost agree with it because it's you know steroids yeah. in baseball. Something that the league has really tried to tame for the last couple of seasons. Well, with that being said... He was also going to be gone for the postseason. For the Brewers are like, even if we get to the postseason, he's not going to be our guy this year. We have to find someone else. So I really like the move that they did. 
Uh, Victor Caratini out of San Diego, who is also a former Cub. Interesting to see former Cub talent on the Brewers. But they had to give up a couple prospects for it, which is not ideal. They also made another trade for a catcher who is going to be starting the year in AAA. Uh, probably will be up at some point, but not on a consistent basis. Nonetheless, it shows that the Brewers were really relying on Pedro Severino. To, it kind of shows the light into how they were thinking that Severino was really going to be that mm-hmm. not everyday guy, but the backup guy when Omar needs a break or when yep. Omar needs to go to first base or maybe even Severino could go to first base. And he had a nice productive uh, spring training as well. But with that being said, with him out of the picture, it really shows that the Brewers needed to make a move. So this Victor Caratini move, I really enjoy because it's not someone – it's one of the more productive catchers in the league. And in Major League Baseball, in the game of baseball, you don't find productive catchers just around the corner. It's mm-hmm. not like – you know you either have a really good defensive catcher or a really good offensive catcher. You never really have both, and if you do – They're pretty rare. <laughs> they're pre- it's really rare. I mean, Brian McCann for years – just catchers off the top of my head who were – all-star type of guys. Brian McCann, who played for years with the Braves and the Yankees as well, was a powerful guy, not really known for his defense. Yadier Molina, known for his defense, not really his offense, a guy who can swing it, swing it enough to make himself relevant on a major league roster, but still someone who was not known to do both. So it's very rare to get both, and uh, with that, I think this is a fair move, getting that Mm -hmm. offensive stride of Victor Caratini into your uh, roster for any particular needs that you may have at that catcher position. Also interesting to watch how Colton Wong is going to do. Uh, Someone who a lot of people speculate is kind of tapering off Mm -hmm. from expectations. It's kind of, a lot of the season's going to kind of fall on his shoulders. I mean, you don't get good play out of him. It's going to be tough to compete. Well, especially when you're young and trying to make yourself known as a reliable, productive Major League Baseball player. If you don't do it right out of the gates, I mean, he was the first-round pick of the Brewers a couple years ago, I think 2017, 18 maybe. So once – and he was known for hitting. Mm -hmm. But once the Brewers added him, it was like everyone knew that this is a guy who could potentially be up in the next couple seasons. So when he finally made his debut in Philadelphia – uh, a couple years ago, this was a guy who had a lot of potential, had a lot of upside, but it became present very early that he could not hit the fastball. And not hitting the fastball is the same reason the Brewers ditched one of their prospects in Lewis Brinson to the Miami Marlins for Christian Yelich. And it was like the Brewers didn't want to give up on Hero because there's it's workable. Mm-hmm. He had this unorthodox swing where he'd it was a step swing but also a knee kick swing and that it's it worked for him timing wise but it just could not catch up to major league pitching especially the fastball. So he spent the majority of last year down in AAA and rightfully so. But this year, spring training, he had a very productive fall or fall, February in the March type of campaign. I don't know that that translates right? just because it's spring training. It's spring training, but it's certainly good to see. I don't know that Keston here is going to earn his keep. Right. I hope he does. You, By all means, I hope he does, but I just don't know that, it, that it'll happen. Right. It, to play at the at this level, you, you'd hope to expect to have a pretty good spring training every year. Right. You, you should, you know, to be a dominant player in day-to-day. So 
that's kind of the expectation that he, he performs well. So hopefully that carries over. Some of the additions that the Brewers have made coming into this season, I've really liked. Hunter Renfro is a guy who I've mentioned he has big power in the hitter's ballpark of Milwaukee. I think he's going to do great. He's going to hit maybe 30 bombs if he stays healthy, maybe 35. Andrew McCutcheon, I love that pickup, a former MVP himself, a guy who started today, you know, the Brewers are playing as of the, this recording, started today going two for three with a double on his first swing in a Brewer uniform. So that's a guy who I really like to pick up even before today. An interesting one in Jose Urania, who is the former Marlin, kind of never really panned out for Miami, someone who also spent some time in Detroit as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Brewers use him. He is on the opening day roster for the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of things up in the air, mm-hmm. of course, but with new hitting coaches and opportunities for – I mean, there's a lot up in the air. It's not like the Dodgers or the Mets where things are set – and it's just a matter of putting it all together in, right. in terms of winning. It's like there's a lot of positions that could be fluctuating for some times at the starting pitching rotation, uh, specifically even in the bullpen. I feel like it's a lot like last year going into the start of the season. We kind of had the same, you know, kind of expectations to the season. Just like they could be good. Yeah. Or they could be insanely bad, or oh. not bad, but average. Or they could, yeah. And it, it's, it's hard to say because if all these players – you know, come out to their full potential, then they're a good team. But that's a big what if. Big and I, what if. And I would say last year they kind of, you know, realized that that expectation that they could play to a high level, and that's why they ended up, you know, finishing out with, what, 96 wins? Yeah. That's, you know, a high expectation to have for this upcoming year. I feel like they have a lot to prove yet. So we'll see. Craig Council is now the longest-tenured manager in the NL, in the National League. There we go. And so – I trust Council at a level that I don't think I've trusted many other Brewer managers throughout the history of me watching Brewers baseball. Ken Maka was definitely one I did not trust. Um, looking at guys like Ron Renneke, kind of trusted him for that 2011-12 season, but then things really started to get away from him. Brewers were expected to win some division championships, and then it never happened because things just fell apart. And it was kind of Renneke's fault, and so he got fired for it mid-May and he just wasn't happy with that, uh, and he was kind of salty about leaving at that time. But ever since then, Craig Council's done an incredible job turning around this Brewers organization, and I really, I really love him for it. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, this is a team that I expect or expected in my recent years to just kind of lose. You know, I mean, it's yeah. that team yeah. that is going to get a high draft pick. That Keston Hero pick was high because they they lost a lot of games. Well, either way, Craig Council has my trust. So I think that the Brewers are going to be successful at any rate this season. With that, I think the overall prediction, they may win 90 to 92 games this year. I predict them to win the NL Central, and I hope for the best. Yeah. I hope they get into the postseason and they don't hope completely for not show up. A healthy team. Yes. That's one of those, you know... Injuries, bar you know, barring injuries, is, is a good-looking team on paper. But that's one of those things we talk about where last year they lose a couple big players. They're going to be hurting. Well, and I said Which it that the 2018 year when they went one game away from the World Series and they lost to the Dodgers in the NL Championship, I said that sucks because you don't get that far in the playoffs with that healthy of a roster. Mm-mm. It was a year when Ryan Braun, who was notorious for injuries in the back end of his career, was healthy heading through October. 
Christian Yelich, MVP, was healthy all the way through. Lorenzo Cain, batting 300, was healthy all the way through. I mean, it was like you just don't get that amount of health on a roster that often. So hopefully you're right. That is a huge part of it, and hopefully hopefully that is part of this season for the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm -hmm. Transitioning here, moving quickly, this uh, Major League Baseball preview show. I want to talk Albert Pujols in our third and final segment of today's show. Because he has announced that this will be his last season with Major League Baseball. And you know what team he's going to be playing on? The St. Louis Cardinals. Signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal with his former team. The team that he made his career with in 2001. The team he won like four MVPs with. (laughs) And won two World Series with. So, not to mention Rookie of the Year in 2001. So, this is a guy who's going to round out his 20-year career, 21-year career, with the team he started with. It's a great signing for the Cardinals. If you're a baseball fan, you like to see it. I don't like to see it watching the Brewers because Albert Pujols absolutely massacred Milwaukee Brewer pitching over the years. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that I like that signing too much from the Brewers' perspective, but it's great for baseball to see Albert Pujols round out his career with the organization that brought him up and made him who he is. Here's the thing. There's a lot up in the air with Albert Pujols. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be productive? The Dodgers brought him in after the Angels released him to be that guy to play against left-handers because he could really tear up left-handed pitching. Well, that's probably what the Cardinals are going to use him for. But there's also a lot up in the air because he just got he just filed for divorce, hmm. which is something I want to talk about, not at length because it's not you know very sports-related, but it right. surprises me because him and his wife has been together for so long and done so much with their organizations. You know, he does a lot for uh, Down syndrome and autistic children around the, the nation. So that surprised me. I wonder what spurred that on. I, mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to speculate, but right. that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm going <laughs> to. Exactly. Did she not want him to come back mm. for another year to round out his career? It would have been his last, you know, what's another right. year? But it just underlying problems that could be playing a factor into this season, will that affect the productivity of Albert Pujols? Do you expect him to be in the uh, the lineup full-time, or do you think it's kind of like a by-basis kind of thing? I don't think so, and I think he knows that because there are reports that have said, and I quote directly from Albert Pujols, he says he's dialed in and that he is chasing a third ring, not numbers. So he's done being the best hitter in the world. He doesn't want to do that anymore. He knows he's not the guy who's going to hit 30 home runs a season, drive in over 100. But he wants that ring. That's why he's sticking around. He wants a third championship, and he wants to do it with the team he got the first two with. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough, but I don't know that he, I just it, – it, it, he, he has to find the right role with the Cardinals mm-hmm. in order to not get released halfway through the season, just yeah. like it happened in Los Angeles with yep. the Angels. But is Albert Pujols the best hitter ever? Our friend Jason Fonder, who we should get back on the podcast, said once, quoted that he is the best hitter to ever grace the face of the earth. Hmm. And I tend to agree. I've always liked I've always liked Albert Pujols because I smack my arm on something at Tony G Studios. But I've always liked him because he's always been so powerful but yet so short mm-hmm. in his stroke. It's been a guy who, I watching his swing, it's like, there's not a lot of noise or movement. It's just quiet and stillness until it's time to swing. He loads and unloads. You know, it's it's just a beautiful swing, almost like myself, if I do say so. Or my um, golf swing. 
Or or Will's golf swing. That's a perfect thing to compare it to. Hey, how's the Masters up there? You Work taking notes on swings? No, have mm. not watched. Sure. I don't need to. I've already won it a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could you could out golf any one of these cats. <laughs> With that being said, I guess we should round up our show. I guess so. Our, our Tony G Studios is formatted in a way that we're watching the Brewer game at the time of this recording. <laughs> so we might as well get the heck out of here and see you next Tuesday. Right. And just watch the Brewers baseball. And then we can talk about the game next Tuesday. Correct. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not? Okay. Probably not. I have no idea, though. We can talk about the second day of opening. We can talk about me. We can talk about the Masters. The Masters yep. will be over by then. We can talk about me announcing St. Norbert softball and the great calls that I'll have in my my you know Bob Euchre form. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about Will. Just whatever. Will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you say? Let's end this yeah. show, huh? Let's see what happens next Tuesday. <laughs> if there is a show next Tuesday. <laughs> whatever. Oh, boy. Get the heck out of here. Start your weekend. Yes. Already, yeah? That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. You've been listening to The Tony G Show. Find more at TonyGNation.com.